Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Serving the Roommate, Degradation Never Felt So Good, written by Samantha Love. Melanie helps Phil embrace being a beta male. Phil's finally graduated. He has an impressive new job at a hedge fund and a spacious Manhattan apartment. He even has a sexy roommate he met during college. Sure, she just wants to be friends, but he's cool with that, until she comes home with another man. Phil quickly finds himself desperate to be with Melanie in any way he can. Lucky for him, Melanie is happy to oblige. Phil doesn't know Melanie paid her way through college by being a professional dominatrix, but he's about to be enrolled in a school that, until now, he thought only existed in his wildest fantasies and sometimes his worst nightmares. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Serving the Roommate. 1. So, what's on the menu tonight? Melanie asked, planting herself on the sofa beside me. Well, I said, flipping through the DVDs. We've got a couple of B-horror films directed by the latest hacks out of NYU's film school, Something entitled A Race Through Chinatown, which I presume is an action flick, judging by the burning inferno on the front cover, and a couple of Will Ferrell movies. Melanie contorted her face in disgust. You know how I feel about Will Ferrell. I think I'd rather read contract law cases than be subjected to his puerile antics. We both laughed. Melanie and I had been roommates for the past six months following our college graduations. Melanie had done the law school track and was now working for Barney and Touche Law Associates, while I went on to grad school for my MBA and a promising career in finance. While she spent her days organizing defense files for large corporations undergoing class action lawsuits, I crunched numbers as an associate at a small but respectable hedge fund. We both went to the same undergraduate university, where we remained close friends throughout. Being of the opposite sex, our small circle of friends assumed Melanie and I would eventually hook up and become boyfriend and girlfriend, or at least take a stab at dating one another. I suppose I had hoped we would as well. Melanie was pretty. There was no denying that about her. Girl or guy, straight or gay, Melanie Sutton was beautiful. But in college, comely girls are copious in number. What made her special, to me at least, was that while most of our campus's bombshells spent their nights ogling frats drinking Jaeger bombs, Melanie maintained a 4.0 GPA seemingly without effort. When we didn't start dating after knowing one another for a while, I imagine my male friends might have suspected I was a closet homosexual. The idea that a straight, red-blooded American male could keep a strictly platonic relationship with a girl as striking as Melanie evaded most men. I can't say that I blame them. Often, I would ask myself why I never conjured up the courage to ask her out, I could offer up a bunch of watered-down Freudian psych mumbo-jumbo to excuse my inaction, but plain old trepidation of good-looking girls who I told myself were out of my league kept me pinned on the sidelines. We remained close friends, and after college I needed to save money to pay off a stack of student loans, so we decided to become roommates. We got along well and had our own schedules to keep ourselves busy during the work week. But Sunday night was movie night, our night. Yuck, why do you buy this crap? Melanie gave me a playful punch to the shoulder. Hey, I yelled, trying to keep a serious and offended tone. What do you expect? I get these for a dollar apiece from a guy in Central Park. We're lucky they even work. Melanie rolled her dark green eyes and sighed. Unbelievable. 
We are both young professionals who graduated at the top of our classes. We should be enjoying the yuppie lifestyle, not dumpster diving for subpar entertainment. I shrugged. What can I say? The economy sucks. This ain't the 80s anymore. Don't remind me. Melanie twisted her head until the straightened strands of her shiny black hair fell to one side. Okay, fine. Put on the action flick. I need some excitement before the work week begins. Very fine decision, madam. I smiled and climbed off the sofa to load the DVD player. Melanie strolled away to her bedroom. When she came out a few minutes later, I noticed she had swapped her jeans and sweater for a silk robe. The robe ended far above her knee, exposing a smooth pair of tanned thighs. I had to control my wandering eyes as she skipped over to the sofa. Had to change into something more comfy, she explained. I nodded, afraid that if I spoke, I might give away my desperation. Our suede sofa was large enough for four to sit on comfortably, but Melanie scooted close beside me. Over the past couple of months, we had both become more liberal around one another. At first, it was little things. Me walking to the kitchen without a shirt on. Melanie walking around in her bathrobe. Recently, I had found myself brushing my teeth or combing my hair as Melanie showered. Little things like that. Not a big deal, and I can't say I minded seeing Melanie's toned body strut around the apartment half-naked. My roommate situation certainly could have been worse. The NY Evening News confirmed that on a nightly basis. But I felt that if we pushed things any further, I would struggle to keep my attraction to her a secret. Just last week, I was forced to hide an erection while shaving as Melanie sang in the shower. I couldn't keep away the lurid images of her washing the tender areas between her legs. And as I would lie down in bed at night, I found myself masturbating to erotic scenes involving Melanie and me more often than I felt was appropriate for a just-friend's roommate. The silk of her robe rubbed up against my arm as Melanie adjusted a few wandering strands of her hair. She propped her feet onto the coffee table and stretched. I couldn't help but notice her pink toenails as she made them dance. My hair-trigger member was already beginning to swell. I knew this was going to be a long film, and it had nothing to do with the length of the movie or its entertainment value. Get the lights, Phil, Melanie whispered as the movie began playing. I quickly got up and turned away from her, hiding the bulge in my jeans. At least I didn't wear gym shorts, I thought. I turned off the lights and started back toward the sofa. Manhattan gleamed through the living room's sliding glass door like a living, breathing thing. Impatient drivers honked from far below, their tumults just a whisper at this altitude. I studied Melanie's silhouette and the outline of her cleavage, exposed from the crisscross of the silk robe. Her lips pouted in the dim light, her eyes predatory. As I sat down, she shivered. It's cold in here, she murmured, drawing the small robe tightly around her torso. The silk of the robe struggled against her voluminous breasts. Her nipples protruded against the taut silk while her chest rose and fell in rhythmic waves with each breath. I told myself to watch the shitty movie, to avert my eyes back to the flat screen. As if she were aware of my struggles, Melanie placed her head against my shoulder. The peach fragrance from her hair drifted into my nose. I released a lungful of air and felt an ache down below. Yes, this was going to be a long movie. We hope you enjoyed listening to Serving the Roommate. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.